0: This podcast is brought to you by A2C Academy. Reach your fullest potential.
1: Welcome to today's fireside chat between two amazing women, Dr. Elizabeth C. and Microsoft uh, CVP Julia Lewis. My name is Daniel Chu, and uh, engineering manager at Microsoft. Our first speaker, Dr. Liz She became a C-level corporate executive in 2005. She has served in two CTO positions uh, of billion dollar companies. She's now the CEO of A2C Academy. Dr. Liz is a well-recognized community leader and executive mentor. She was named as top 50 diversity leader in the United States in 2020, received a presidential award in 2019, a global leadership award in 2018, named the Women in Technology International Hall of Fame Award in 2017, and Women of Influence in Silicon Valley in 2013. Our guest speaker is uh, Julia Lewson, uh, uh, the corporate vice president of Microsoft uh, developer division. She leads the technical and business strategy, product development and engineering teams for Visual Studio, Visual Studio Code, .NET, and developer services and platform for Azure. Uh, Visual Studio and Visual Studio Code are consistently voted as the best co-editing tools for developers in the in- industry. Julia was the first woman leading development teams and promoted to CP of engineering at Microsoft. Elizabeth and Julia, stage is yours.
2: Yeah, so, uh, so one thing that I know that uh, you learned, uh, you got your grit from your undergraduate student uh, study. So, but uh, Become an executive. I I usually say that first you have to establish the habit. Then the habit will make an automated better version of you day in and day out. There must be some of the uh, executive habits that make you a high performance, you know, effective communicator and also leader. I like to learn from you that what are the habits? What are the things that that you feel that, that made you very effective as a leader?
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really insightful question. So, you know, I think that one of the habits, uh, I am, I am a big believer in is, and this is advice I give to all the people who are just starting in their career is being proactive. And, you know, I think that, you know, I sometimes feel there are too many people who, uh, for whatever reason, I'm gonna say something that may anger, you some of the audience. But I do feel sometimes with uh, some of the Asian heritage, um, sometimes people are too passive. You know, I think maybe the success in the past, you know, is like you basically excel, you know, excel in in taking tests, which is very passive, right? Because there's a right answer, you have to get a grade. But really, it works so much things by taking initiative. It's about, you know, like having a idea about what you want to accomplish, be proactive. And you can be proactive since day one. You can be proactive, you know, even as you're a student when you volunteer, these are all initiatives you're taking. So I think that being proactive is very important. One of the things I think about, uh, I don't do new year resolution, but I think quite a bit about how do I want, you know, in 12 months, how would the world around me be different? than where it is today, right? So how, what is a different outcome I want? And then if I imagine what that different outcome is, what are all the things I need to go do? What, I, what are things I need to go initiate to invest in order to reach that outcome? So that's something that I think that as an executive, I think quite often. And I think the other thing, you know, talking about being proactive is that uh, really being an executive, one of the things that you have to be really versed with the industry, with the market. And so the second thing I constantly think about is that, you know, I, I when sometimes, you know, that the, the companies, the, the teams can get, can get um, too, um, you know, they, they get too ambitious. You know, they think, oh, we can do anything. Well, that's a great mantra, but I think you also have to really respect your competitors. There's many, many smart people working on the other side as well. And so you really have to think about what is your unique differentiator and what is your how are you going to win right what how are you going to differentiate and be different what is unique the value that you you, know, you actually bring to the table so that's another thing i know i can't say think about from a mindset perspective is that you know like in the particular business area we're in how we're we going to build product that is differentiated what is the thing we bring that other companies and our competitors cannot bring? Or it's much, much harder for them to bring or they have less credibility to have that. So that's something that, you know, as an executive from a mindset perspective, I, you know, I kind of constantly evaluate. And I think those things really help us evaluate our strategy because, you know, people say, hey, people use the word strategy all the time. And it's not a magic word. Magic word. Strategy fundamentally is about deciding what you're going to do what you're going to invest in and what you're not going to do. And then, you know, you have to go select because no one has all of the resources. And, you know, you have to go like basically position, you know, your assets. Um, I know a lot of people from, you know, China probably play chess. You kind of want to envision like what are the next three steps of the chessboard you actually want? And do you have all of the right pieces, right? If you have a chessboard, another thing you think about is that well, you know, you can't have all pawns. <laughs> you actually need to have, a, you know, have different pieces. They do different things. So constantly also thinking about, do I have the right talent on my team to actually, you know, help me get to where I want to be? So how do I construct that chessboard? So that's something that I think about as an executive, really think about, you know, like how do I actually get there and where do I need to go spend my time? And whether it's recruiting or is it, you know, like really getting deeper on the strategy and on technology, you know, do we have a, you know, a really significant gap? How do we differentiate? That to me, I think are some of the key executive mindset.
2: Yeah, I cannot agree more. Our company's name is called A2Cs, A student, A player to C-suite. The biggest difference between A player and the C suite is that A student, A player only answer, only do whatever the other people define, answer the question or do the project other people define. The C suite will be proactively define the problem, get other people to work on the problem. I think that's the huge difference. That's the mentality change. You know, other things like, you know, be proactive and then knowing the industry trend, adding value. You know, a lot of times people just try to be busy, not really adding value, right? And then you always ask yourself, what is your superpower? What kind of uh, expertise, special talent, creativity, whatever thing you can bring to the team by adding the special value, right? What's your next three steps on your chessboard,
0: right? Being strategic, right? Okay. I totally agree with Elizabeth I think yeah. there's one no more point that yeah, you, you know you made a great point like people really have to go focus on their strengths. That's something I talk to people I tell people all the time, because sometimes people constantly come and say oh here's my weakness, I want to work my weakness. And you know I always tell people like you no know, look at your hands right they don't have the, they're not the same like lens. And you, you do have to make sure you don't have a weakness, which is prohibitive meaning like you have weakness that is so short that is going to cause you, like, you know, a significant inhibitor to your success. But at the same time, you know, you have to be known by your unique differentiation. So I, I
2: agree. Just you, you showed the hands, all the fingers are not the same. And also the star. The star has a strength and weakness. And then David invited me to speak this morning. We talked exactly about the same thing, mm-hmm. that your weakness actually is your signature. So you... So your weakness and the combination, your weakness and your strengths makes a very unique star, right? I think, and then also you think about it. I always say, cause we are all computer technologists, I said, you have four CPU assume. If you spend one CPU comparing yourself with others, you waste 25% of your time. You spend another 20 uh, CPU to feel bad about yourself or improve on your weakness. And then, and, then, and then you spend another CPU on that you cheer yourself up. And then you know what? You only have 25% of the CPU left. And then you actually by comparing yourself, you discount yourself by 75%. So stop comparing yourself and be the unique star and focus on the strengths. I totally would agree with uh, Julia that you wouldn't want to have your hand like all the fingers, the, the same lens. You wouldn't want to be a little fuzzy ball that has no signature.
0: Yeah. And today you might want to be the GPU and not be the CPU to be the yeah, CPU. Yeah, <laughs> even more powerful, right? Okay, let's the DQ, obviously.
2: Yeah, so I, will, I need to upgrade my, uh, my analogy into a GPU not CPU anymore. Yeah,
0: the AI workloads
2: yeah right a parallel workload exactly and um, you know i I heard from um, ganyu you that you're such a change agent right so um you led a significant you know type of a uh, culture change uh, at uh, Microsoft by from knowing to learning right to do the iterative uh, culture development developer culture. are there any other Uh, initiatives that you have led uh, throughout your career, or any challenge even during that change, your culture change process, what what were your biggest challenges? And what are the lessons you learned and the advices you can give to other leaders who really want to introduce the culture change?
0: Yeah, actually, um, so let me first kind of talk about why it's so important. You know, at the business today, people talk about culture change a lot. And you know, sometimes it kind of sounds like, you know, why is culture change even important? So let me actually define what culture is. Culture sounds like really amorphous, but it's really three very simple things. First of all, you decide, you have to decide what do you actually value. People call that your culture value, right? Mm-hmm. And then de- depending on what you value how does that value actually come back and reflect in your day-to-day behavior? So that's called the norm of your behavior. So when you do something everyone's like, oh yeah, that's of course something we're going to do. No one's going to think that's exceptional. That is different. That's actually what culture means, right? And then so if a, you know, I think a, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Nordstrom, you know, from a shopping perspective. And Nordstrom as a retailer is really well-known for being customer-obsessed, right? They're like their customer support is awesome and then the way that I experienced that was actually when I was working in China I bought something very expensive I took it to China and then you know like I used it a couple of times expensive bag, and then like I realized you know something the the the, the metal uh, didn't keep color so I was annoyed so I took it back with me to return it at Nordstrom and you know I just went to any regular cashier and just said I'm going to return this I have no receipt with me And the cashier is like, okay, they just kind of look me up, look up the purchase, and take it back. Like, that was it. They didn't have to go to like a supervisor to get permission. They didn't ask, they didn't put any hurdles in front of me. They just made it completely trivial. So, that, you know, so really, customer, you can see how customer obsession is built. You know, this is not an exceptional event. You know, they're just kind of what they expected, you know, every single cashier to be able to do. So, when you come back to, why the whole knowing to learning culture change is actually important for Microsoft. I want to tell you the story is that, you know, for, I work at Microsoft for many years. For a long time, you know, like the way we decided what capability we're going to build in our, the next version of our product was we have this you know, meeting in one of the Microsoft meeting rooms and we brainstorm on like what we think customer wanted. And uh, you know, we decide, oh, that sounds like a really cool feature. Let's go build that. And you know, and that's how we decide what feature to build. And that is a example of knowing because we assume that we know the best. And then later on, what we do is that when the feature is almost built, we'll go evangelize it. We'll go demo it to customers to say, "Hey, don't you love this? You no, know, isn't this thing you should be using?" And it's very much coming from a mentality that we built, they will come and use it. But you know, with any consumer product, we know now that changing Behavior of a consumer of a user is one of the hardest things to do, right? I will say that I have bought many random kitchen gadgets that are sitting, you know, in my closet because when well, I bought it, I saw I'm going to go change my using my habit. But really, you don't. You like you still go back to your, you know, your default habit. And using a new feature of a product, it's like a changing habit. So there, you developers and users have to have a reason to do that. And then when we say when we change from the knowing to learning is that we no longer assume that we know. In fact, for my team, we always assume in the beginning that we don't know. So then what we do is that we develop hypothesis. We're like, well, maybe this is what customer want. Then let's take our hypothesis to talk to customers and we validate, and then you can, or or potentially invalidate, just like a science experiment, right? You validate or invalidate your hypothesis. Mm -hmm. And that's actually how we approach how we talk to customers before we even write a single line of code. We talk to customers to validate what are the, their pain points. And then you know once we understood their pain points, we develop what we call solution hypothesis. So we actually validate our solution with them because sometimes like, even we understand the, you know, the, the, the exact issue, there are many different ways to solve uh, any given problem. Then we test our solution hypothesis to see what are the adoption blockers? Is it easy to use? Are they actually going to use the product? Because the end goal I want is to have developers, my users, to love and use my product. That is what we're really trying to accomplish. And then so changing the team, you know, like I have a, I have a thousand people working, to changing the habit that has been there for ten years is also difficult because you know the entire team had a way of working for many years. And then so you know the way of changing the culture, uh, as we, you know, once really when we started was a very tentative process because I'm a technology leader. Like I know technology, I'm a people manager, right? I'm an organization leader. And so in the beginning, like culture change, it was sort of like it's almost like a bonus question. It's like, well, what did that even mean? How do I would go about doing it? So we have to trial and error and you know attempt many different things. It's very hard to tell, like it's very hard to answer a question like, are we there yet? And, you know, and so it's really, you know, I think that we try many different things. It's one step of the, you know, one step of the way, at a time, but looking back, our learning really is that you have to go, A, as a leader, I have to go repeat and repeat and repeat until I'm like nauseous and repeat some more the importance of changing the culture about, you know, and I have to keep asking questions, like have, you know, in every single reviews I have done. Is that have you talked to customers before? You know, you decide to invest on this, and show me your homework, right? Show me all of your customer interview notes that you actually have talked to customers, and I think that just kind of continues to reinforce the right behaviors, and you know the different methodology of developing. So we implement a different methodology. We have new vocabulary to describe, you know. So we talk a lot about hypothesis. We don't say, oh, this is how we're going to do it because that would be knowing. To say, well, what is our hypothesis? Have we validated? And keep using this terminology over and over and over as we talk to every part of the organization. Um, That is such a critical step in helping the organization changing their habits and changing the culture. And I will say that the reason business is important, critical, important for us is that I think, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, Microsoft was really deeply ingrained. The, the, the word Microsoft is very, very connected with the word Windows for many years. And when people think about these things, they think the same thing. So for our cloud product, the problem that when people think about Azure, which Daniel works on huh, and I work on, huh, people's like, oh, Microsoft Azure, that means you can run Windows. That means you can run .NET, but can you run Linux? Because they're so ingrained, you know, Microsoft means Windows. And we have to go break through on that perception. Right, and then we can't really assume that you know people knows, and then we have to make sure we are building the right product, and so that is a huge you know sort of like perception change, um, and then I think that it is also a interesting technology change because I think when I look at my team, we originally didn't have Linux experts. Uh, you know, the interesting story my team told me in the very first time you know seven years ago when we first went to Linux oriented conferences, they uh, went to taking their tray of food to sit down and have lunch people saw their Microsoft batch and other people like take their lunch and, <laughs> and moved away. I know that was how it was seven years ago, which is hard to imagine, right? Because today I think that we have made such a change on what open source developers and Linux thinks about. Linux is the majority of the workload in Azure, et cetera, that people don't think they're like, oh, of course Azure can run Linux and open source, all of these things really well. And then we have made huge stride. We went from being Windows focused from a developer technology perspective to what today what we say call any, any, any is that we want to support any developer using any programming language and develop on, you know, Linux, Mac or Windows and deploy anywhere. So that's actually the, you know, the tool set that we're building. And so I also pivoted our product strategy to kind of you know, create new product portfolios to really service that strategy. So that's another big part of the changes. So yeah, I think that there were so many changes. Um, in fact, at one point, there were so many changes. I was literally worried my team got lost because you know, when you change everything, I was like, is my team still with me or not? I actually hired a external consultant to do an informal survey to make sure people actually understand why we're making all of these changes so quickly. And you know, are they actually with me or not? Um, that's actually how much change we went through as a company.
2: Wow, that's incredible! And I know that the, even I was uh, thinking, man, uh, the ego empire uh, empire will will not support any 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 because in in the old ways, window window window, right? You only have window, no doors to other to others. That's what we said. The windows windows. They only have windows. There's no doors for us to bring other things in. But now you open many doors. You know, that that was an incredible, incredible change. we all saw it. This is really awesome.
0: Thank you for listening to A2C Academy podcast. To learn more about A2C Academy, please visit our website at a2cacademy.org. Please subscribe to the A2C Academy YouTube channel for more video contents.